moving through the forests of Egadon in the Fell Kingdom, a land that's been racked by war and strife. The party has set out to deal with a group of marauders and bandits that have been taking advantage of those who cannot defend themselves. Having worked their way to the encampment, led in no small part by a talking coin that Mick briefly inherited, they came under fire at the camp's edge, and then, in an act of, well, pure luck, a good 80 years of it, bad and good, Mick tossed the coin into the encampment, where it struck just where it needed to, to ignite a storage of sanguine weapons and a fortuitous gas deposit upon which the camp had been built. Now, mixing with the rain that has seemed to slow a bit are cinders and bits of burning cloth that rain down upon the lot of you. Most of you who have been hit or swiped by arrows from the bowmen and watchmen from this bandit camp, filling the air all around are the screams of those who were briefly on fire and have managed to put themselves out, but are now just roiling in the ground on the edge of unconsciousness. Well, that was lucky. Yes, it was. And at that moment, Mick will walk in upon you all. With an arrow sticking out of your butt. (laughs) (laughs) There's our Shrek reference. No! (laughs) (laughs) Boom, boom, baby! (laughs) Well, do we want to go around and finish them off? Not kill them, just knock them unconscious. By my estimation, I do believe that that has been taken care of. But we can see for sure. Vel will gesture broadly at all of the men screaming and rolling around. <laughs> ah, and then Mick will put an ear up to the wind, I guess you could say, and slowly will hear the fade of the cries because all of them are going unconscious, right? Is that accurate or no? <laughs> Most of them are just like reaching to the point of shock and pain that they're no longer screaming. Some of them are falling unconscious, some of them are dying, and some of them are at the point where screaming has no more meaning. As the group is discussing this, Rolandier bolts past them. Like, he <laughs> ran down the hill. He darts past the group, heading directly towards the people who appear to be in the most pain, or, you know, currently ablaze. And he is taking whatever clothing he has or loose shawls on his on himself, and he's going to try to, like, start patting these people out from the flames. And he's like, as soon as one person is clearly not on fire anymore or in any imminent danger he just moves to the next one and the next one and the next one you assist a few of these bandits and then you get to one who actually manages to get up on his knee he is looking at you charging toward him and he tries to pull back on his bow but his bow has been broken in two and he just fumbles on the ground and as you run up to him he's like no no please please is he on fire or like has any have any sort of visible thing that's afflicting him no, he just seems like he got the crap kicked out of him. Rolander doesn't even, like, look at him. He just is going to dart immediately for anybody else who apparently is in any sort of imminent pain or danger. All right. And that's that's just what he's doing for as long as it takes until everybody's either out of fire or someone stops him. Mick will say to Val, perhaps you're right, and sees Rolandia run past her and will take a leave and will fall after Rolandia. Val is going to get up and if he can find a blunt object, just start knocking people unconscious and dragging their bodies into a nice little orderly line. What a role Man. reversal here. <laughs> <laughs> I just dang, like these people are like burning on the ground, pretty much incapacitated. Somebody comes <laughs> by at the club. <laughs> you had mentioned that there was like this canvas 
pavilion. Are there any like actual buildings or enclosures where people would be inside of that are on fire? Most of the tents have been completely blown to shreds. The only permanent looking structure is a small cabin that was erected that one of the corners has already collapsed, probably just from the force of the blast, but the rest of it is ablaze. Rolander's going to charge in there to see if anybody's trapped inside. There is, in fact, someone inside coughing in the corner, wearing some half plate and looking up at you, blood streaking down his chin. <sighs> what? Get away from me! R- Rolander's going to attempt to just muscle this guy either into like a fireman carry or something and get him out of the building. Cool. He takes a knife and he stabs you under the arm. Rolander's going to continue trying to get him out of the building. All right, he's going to continually, like, prison shank stab you, and you're going to take 39 damage. All right. Like, does he get him out of the building as he's like... Yeah, you can you can get him out of the building as he continues to shank you. All right, all right. So, taking this considerable amount of repeated damage, Rolandier does manage to get this guy out of the building. Um, 39 damage is a minor wound, by the way. Um, All right, you are bleeding, and you will take a persistent five damage every minute. Okay. Turns out this is the <clears throat> wound that can't be healed. <laughs> it just bleeds. So douche prison shakes, <laughs> and he just bleeds out. <laughs> As Rolander gets him out of the building, he just kind of sloughs him off, and Rolander goes to his knees and just puts his other hand up to this now gaping area where the wound is and he just looks at the man and just says go run if you can and then he just and the man is going to like you're you're on a knee two knees and he's going to just like walk behind you and grab you and start shanking you from behind <laughs> um he's going to deal a, a, a 33 damage oh, to relandia oh my gosh yeah it's still that's another minor wound all right you're also bleeding from the chest so you'll take a total of 10 points of damage every minute. Can I club this guy on the head? <laughs> yeah, you can sure try. Okay. It's weird. Rolandir is in excruciating pain, but if Val is walking up to this scene... Val may be running. Yeah, I'm gonna club this guy <laughs> on the head. Da, 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 da. You see Rolandir getting shanked and it's like, oh, I can take my time. <laughs> <laughs> take my time. As Val runs up to this scene, Rolander's obviously responding to the stabs, but his eyes are just fixated on the burning scene around him. He's he's not there. Oh, oh I figured it, it out. Oh. Everybody, oh. everybody, the backstory. <laughs> I was like, why is he helping these people? <laughs> Maybe a twinge of guilt in his brain somewhere. Yeah, so, like, he's just getting mauled by this guy, but, like, not resisting anything. Val, make an attack roll. Okay. Is this a dexterity or a strength roll? Am I proficient with blunt objects? You tell me. (laughs) I I mean, I use a staff. Like, that that would have been my weapon had I used one, so. (laughs) And Val, being an Elvarette, did go to the polar ice caps to club seals. (laughs) 
Everybody's, everybody, I'm rich. Everybody's, everybody's got a dark past. Okay. The, the seasonal. Every every time when you turn 10 as an Elvarette, they take you to the floor ice caps on a seal clubbing trip. As you wind up your attack on this man, you just flash back. to You, you see your father handing you a wooden billy club. A small seal at your feet. A small seal in front of you. And now you, now you oh know God. how dad always got those nice jackets. It's not funny, but it is. I wish you could on your roll. I got a 15. That'll do. Um, as you smack your scrap of wood that you found, a piece of one of these palisades that's more weighted toward the end, you hear this crunch as the man's nose just snaps to the side on his face as you smack it into him and just a spurt of blood gushes out and he gives off a little shriek and then falls backwards and seems to pass out on the ground but isn't really moving much. Great. I didn't know he could do that. <laughs> referring to Val. <laughs> Val will look back at Luna and like wave her over to see if she can come heal Rolandir. She'll run over. As soon as Val bashes this guy over the head and Rolander is now freed. He again goes down, this time just to one knee and he looks up at Val and he's just got like tears streaming down his his face and he just looks around. Obviously he's been stabbed like 37 times so that would cause some pain. Mm-hmm. But like he's not taking in anything about like the original reason why they were here. It's just these flames glistening in his eyes and he just shakes his head at him just over and over what what have we done what are we what are we doing and he just puts his face into his hands and he's just sitting there you know bleeding <laughs> luna skids to a halt right beside you and kneels down what's going oh gods reland here can you heal him what i can try it's i've uh, I've, I've never actually done healing with intent before. It's not really my specialty. Well, maybe I have, I don't know, but I surely messed it up. As the blood loss continues, he kind of curls over onto a side on the ground. It's It will be all right, Luna, just try. You, you, you know how to do it best. You could do it. I cannot. <laughs> oh, okay. And, and as Rolander's on his side, like he's just now whispering, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Luna's going to put her hands on Rolandir, look at Val and say, perhaps if you could help to try to staunch the bleeding or or something. Yeah, I I will help her however I can. I'll like, whether that be like physically helping Rolandir by like closing a wound with my hands or like just sort of steadying her, I will do that. She is able to knit the skin back together where it had been pierced and punctured. But I'm going to say, at least just from blood loss, Rolandir is still feeling very woozy, very dizzy, perhaps on the edges of consciousness. Mm-hmm. I'll, leave, I'll leave that decision up to you, Brett. He could barely, if you really tried, make it up to walk and get out of there, but not much more. So Luna has healed you, but nothing has been restored that you've lost. And there's a fair amount of like scar tissue, these jagged cuts where you've been strangely magically stitched together. What the heck is everyone else doing during this? Brynir was just kind of feeling like he can't really do much. He's looking after Rolandir, but also watching and seeing if anybody's kind of going to flee from these the front gates and whatnot. 
Lumok's going to start picking through the rubble uh, to see if there's any useful weapons, anything left over that the party could profit from, because it came to his attention that uh, he doesn't really have a sword and neither do any of the traditional magic users. There's a bandit not too far away from Vumak as you're picking through some supplies that you find at the edge of the camp. This guy, one of his arms is just clasped right to his chest. You see the good half of his face has been like burned and singed. And he just coughs and wheezes and just, you bastard. <sighs> Vamark is just going to, unless this guy is making any moves, he's just going to kind of ignore him and keep picking through the stuff. You look at me. You look at me when I'm talking to you. Vamark pauses for a moment, turns. You have something to say. Sneaky. Tricky. One-on-one. Fair fight, I'd rip your head off. Very well. One-on-one. And Vamak will take out a dagger and head over to him and say, I do not take joy in this. At least your suffering will end. He spits blood at you. Vamak will take it, and then he'll uh, finish the deed. How? Oh, he'll stab him in the throat and... Just let any remaining blood just come out of the jugular. It's pretty quick. He seems to try to mouth some curses at you, but quickly fades. Upon Mick arriving on the scene, she's seeking to see where she could be the most useful, but then sees Rolandia on the ground and the, uh, I don't want to say failed attempts, because I don't think it was a fail necessarily of, of Luna and Val to repair Rolandia. Um, but we'll try to step in and assist, and we'll cast uh, Cure Wounds, if that's possible. You're using your magic, okay. Hey, <laughs> this, is, this is first level, my friends, so, you know, <laughs> I don't know if that impacts. Roll, that's fine. So, all together, that will allow Rolandir to regain 17 hit points. Which isn't much, but it's something. So, we'll see how he fares. It is something. Yeah, Luna's healing effectively didn't give you any hit points back. It just stopped the persistent effects. Yeah, got rid of the wounds. Feeling this, again, magical force, but kind of reinvigorating him a little bit, Rolandier comes a little bit more to his senses. And looking at Val, then at Luna, and then at Mick around him, and his eyes focus a little bit more. We need to get out. Finish what we came here to do, and leave. Thank you, whoever did that, but potentially risky. You don't say. He gives a sideways head nod to Val and slowly stands up and then starts working his way out to the outskirts of the camp. Let's find what we can here. As the lot of you scour the camp for supplies and survivors, you are able to restrain the surviving bandits and such out of a count of around, seems to be nearing 30, 28 bodies there are 22 that are alive, some closer to death than others, a good half of them, like, just on the brink, quite frankly. But none of them give you any sort of fight. Do we find any useful supplies? Barely anything. Maybe some charred rations and some dented swords, but that's it. Well, I think our work here is done. Oh, that's it? We're not... We're not going to talk about what just happened. I think we should talk about it, but I don't think we should talk about it here. I agree. Rolandier looks down at his wrist, where 
this packed sign had been made. Is it still there? It's gone. Looking down at his wrist, seeing that the mark is now gone, Rolander nods. Yes, we need to go. Our deed is done. And then using some wood that he managed to, you know, just a piece of scaffolding from one of these buildings or whatever that blew up or one of the posts from the uh, pavilion that he's using kind of as a crutch almost, he's going to start hobbling his way out. Let's find somewhere to camp and we can talk. A good ways away from here, I'd say. Yes. Right. How many hours does the group want to travel away from this camp? At least one. It's dark already, right? It's past six, maybe nearing seven at this point. Okay. Yeah, I'd say an, an hour at least. Maybe two for safety. Yeah. Two hours. Two? Okay. It's a good trek through the woods, working your way around some of these traps that are still put in place on the other side as you continue your way, as best you know, south and westward. Until you find a suitable grove that you can kind of make camp in. There's a bit of a brook that's just babbling along. And it's not hard to find some dry wood and kindling for a fire to get going. Rolander, who was silent the entire walk and just hobbling along as best he could, as soon as they make camp, he just plops himself down, unrolls the bedroll that he has tied on his back, and is going to just lay down. The rain from before has all but died down. You can still hear thunder in the distance, and where you are, it's barely more than the lightest drizzle or even a mist. Do we have everything like set up for camp, or do we need to do that? You've got bedrolls and a fire, but that's about all that has been done. Okay. Vamok will do a little bit of scrounging, bit of foraging uh, to make like some lean-tos. Nothing too crazy, but something overhead. As the night kind of winds down, everything gets set up. Vamok is going to find where Mick is sitting, presumably around the fire, and sit not like right next to her, but uh, close enough. Like it's a very deliberate, like sit down and look at Mick. And he's just staring for a moment. Mick is going to feel, uh, well, obviously we'll see Vamok sit down, but we'll start to feel his glare at her. And we'll actually look back at Vamok. She will return the glare and will say, Yes, Vamok, do you have something to say? Do you have something to say? Would you care to explain what any of that was? Vamok, I take full responsibility for what happened. But what I will say is that I didn't know that was going to be the manner in which we accomplished our goal. Let me explain. The coin, as you could probably gather by now, that I received from the old man was in fact not cursed, but was the embodiment of good luck. So I decided, with that guidance of good luck, to lead our party to where we needed to be, and then to make my wish, cast it into the wind, quite literally, and see what happened. I assume everyone around the fire can hear this as well. Yeah. I can see that you're perturbed, and I don't think there's anything I can say about my actions that would help you to understand and to see it the way I do. All I can say is I'm sorry, but we got the task done. I, Nick, yes, for Mark. I am not angry. But I am perturbed, as you very aptly put it. 
things worked out in our favor this time, and for that we are fortunate. But do you, and he says this kind of looking towards everybody in the group, recall the words that I said when we first embarked on this journey, that we do not have time for bleeding hearts, we do not have time for distractions. Make it is not your fault that these things happen, but I suggest that the next time we find a lone traveler on the road offering curios, that we do not even stop to talk. We do not even acknowledge him. I said we must steal our hearts. That goes for curiosity as well. We cannot afford any mistakes. Rolandier almost died, and we were almost powerless to heal him, to bring him back. How many more incidents can we endure before our intent is dried up? If we have to deal with something like this every step of the journey, we will not make it to the crown of Egadon intact. So, in the future, it would behoove us to be very, very single-minded in our actions. And then Vamak will kind of sit back fold his arms. Vamak, while that is fair, what would you have had us do? If we hadn't accepted that challenge from the Sanguine, vigilantes as they called themselves, you and many others in this party would still be stuck in that tree, waiting for another group to come upon us and do to us God's knows what. Well, I... I apologize for my actions, and perhaps I should have let you in on the the secret of all, the plan. At the same time, I do not regret those decisions, given we had a task to complete, and there was no other way. But yes, I will take heed from what you have said. I can assure you that. And as I said, I do not blame you for what happened, and it worked out fortunately for us. What I am saying is in the future we should be more careful because perhaps it will not work out so fortunately in the future. That is all. Mick kind of sits there for a little bit with this and then looking down at the ground we'll bring her head up to look at the rest of the group and we'll say, well, anybody else have something to say? Luna casts her eyes downward. I don't think there's any point in speculating about hindsight. We were fortunate today. Let us count ourselves lucky. Rolandir, who had kind of had his back to the fire and in turn the group laying down, but still close enough to hear everything, he kind of rolls himself over and props himself up on his shoulders slightly. And he just says, I think a worthy lesson to learn from this is with objects of power, We don't always control them, and there are consequences, side effects, things beyond our control. Rolandir looks at Val, and then lays back down and turns around. Luna, at this point, will nod, and turning to Val, who's sitting beside her, 
She says, I think Grelandia brings up a very good point, actually. Things of great power are often a bit more complicated than they seem at first glance. With this artifact that we've recovered, the heart of the void, we've been told, yes, how it works, but only in the most basic of principles. If it is a thing that can harness all of reality and reshape it to a single person's will, well, any intent requires two things. It requires a focus and and a clarity of mind, but then it also requires a stamina or something to draw upon. If we, uh, perhaps, here, here, if we're using this like we would a teleportation circle, the circle, the runes, it's supplying the power, it's supplying the stamina, and over time it will fade as the integrity of the runes diminishes as the rocks themselves are stripped of their essence and the earth beneath it, and we just supply the focus. If the heart of the void is the same thing, and it's able to do what we've been told it can do, it sounds like we're just giving it direction. So where is it getting this energy from? I don't know that we have any way to know that. And you're okay using it without knowing that? Do we have another choice? I am open to solutions, but this is the best that we have so far. I just want to know at what cost. Vec, that will take the Heart of the Void out and, like, look at it. Is there anything that he can ascertain from, like, handling the thing? Honestly, no. It's so esoteric in its construction and even its structure that when you turn it over in your hand and turn it back over, it doesn't even look like it's the same like intricacies that it was before, just mm. with how many facets and whatnot it has in its like both crystalline and metallic structure. This weird housing of this this energy. There is this tiniest bit of flickering ensheathed within and marred, of course, by this grainy film that is this this crystalline surface. But to ascertain exactly what or how it works, you'd have to have something to compare it to. And right now, the only thing you know that it fits into or it lodges or however it interacts with is at the top of the tallest mountain of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems to me to be something sort of beyond our capabilities of comprehension. We can't know more about it. Not until we have more pieces of it. Perhaps we get to the shrine and we decide it is not worth using and we don't use it. But that's the only place we have to go. You said yourself, is that really an option? I don't know. Luna just kind of pats her legs and then uh, groans as she stands. I don't know if we're putting up watches or anything, but uh, I I can take the first one. I could use a walk. No objections? All right. (laughs) And she'll head out to the border of this glade and just stroll around. Anyone else have any burning feelings? Thoughts? (laughs) They wish to express? Rolandir, should we be concerned? He doesn't turn around. Then you just hear, maybe. I don't know. But I think I just need to rest. If anyone has any concerns over what happened tonight, we can discuss them tomorrow. On my part, at least. Then rest. The mark just nods. Well, Rolandia might not be as concerned, but I for sure am. 
and Mick will get up from the fire and will walk towards Rolandir. I don't know how far off he is from the fire. Obviously enough that you can communicate in this, but... A, cu- a couple paces worth removed. Yeah, and Mick will gently put her hand on Rolandir's shoulder and will ask him, May I check if you're right? Do what I can in my expertise. He turns his head up to Mick, meeting her eyes for a half a second, and then averting them quickly, just kind of off to the distance. Thank you, Mick. But I I think rest should be sufficient for tonight. All right, then. And Mick is kind of going to be a little deceptive with this and will linger a little bit and will keep her hand on... (laughs) will keep her hand on Rolandia's shoulder and would like to perform a medicine check if that's appropriate. You can do a very, like, uh, cursory examination of his state of being with a medicine check, yes. Okay, thanks. His physical state of being, but not his mental one. <laughs> Thirteen. It's really hard to tell in the light and the angle. As far as you know, Luna did a good enough job with her intent and then your magic patchwork after the fact. He's obviously in a lot of pain still, though. That's all you can really take away from that. Okay, so Mick is actually, you know, after looking around, trying to see how Rolandir is with this rough medicine check on Elandir, doesn't really see anything and will kind of just purse her lips and will uh, pat a couple of times Rolandir's shoulder and will get up from there and will actually retire for the night. Val will probably stay up until Luna gets back to camp. It's going to be a while. He knows. He's familiar with the walks. Valmess, you should get some sleep. So should you? I'll dog you with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all right, Brynja. Thank you. She will be back soon enough. But I'll leave you be. Sleep as well as you can. And Brynja will go to sleep. It probably drags on until well after midnight, and Luna's still not back. At what point would Val be concerned for Luna, knowing her? Well, you don't see her. She's moved outside the glade. Knowing her, I guess, uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's weighing the risk of her being irritated with him (laughs) even more (laughs) over her being potentially dead. (laughs) And frankly, the irritation scares him a little bit more. Is it worse if she's dead or if she's upset with me? (laughs) I'm sure she can take care of herself. Okay. (laughs) Honestly, he'll give it like 15 more minutes. And if he still can't see her, he will go to where he did see her and just sort of look around from there. Is anyone else disturbed by Val's getting up and heading out of the camp? Or is everyone pretty conked out? Rolandier is not sleeping a wink, so he notices it. And if Val is not walking... Like, in the direction where he's looking, once he hears his footsteps going away a couple paces, he will kind of prop himself up and peek. Vamok's kind of a light sleeper, so, like, he does get stirred a bit by this, but upon seeing that Rolandier is already, like, propped up and looking over, he's not going to say anything. He's just going to lay back down. As you reach where you last saw Luna, you don't really see any sign of her. Okay. Um, do I have any idea which way she went? No, quite frankly, you wouldn't have seen her. At this point where Val is, is Val still within eyesight of the camp? Like, could Rolander still see that Val is, like, an outline or something? Yes, yes, just barely. A small shadow against a backdrop of larger shadows. 
if Val moves outside of that, Rolander's going to get up and maintain a distance that will still keep eyes on Val, but not be, like, trying to approach or anything. Honestly, I think Val would come back to the camp, probably wake up Brynir, and say, Luna has not come back yet. I don't know if it's advised to look for her or not, but I'm concerned. I can I can go, just someone will need to watch. Well, Rolanda is not fooling anyone. He's awake over there. But you know what, Valmas? Try to lay down and rest. I will look for Luna. <sighs> All right. And Brynir will go outside the glade and start looking. Val will try to sleep. I don't know that he is able to fall asleep. Outside the glade, if you want to track her, do a nature check. 19. Okay. As you're working your way through the forest, getting further and further away, you're trying to find signs or trails or tracks or anything, and you don't. And moving on and on, it's probably a little past 1 a.m. now by the time you return to camp empty-handed. I don't care for this at all. Is Val still awake? Probably, if it's only been an hour. Sorry, Val. There doesn't seem to be any sign of her. Perhaps we should wake the others and start searching in earnest. Yes. The, uh, yes. Rolling over from his apparently not stealthy sleep, Rolandier says, Is it more worth splitting us up to go searching in the night? Or, and he looks at Val, could this be a potential opportunity or needed time to use a little intent? <sighs> Do we have any concept of how deep the wells are? Not really. The only one who's tapped into them has been Mick. Can we assume that all, you know, everybody joining in this conversation, that most likely those who are asleep could probably hear this, overhear this, and wake up? Is, is that a good assumption? You've probably been woken up. I'll leave that up to okay. you. Okay, I, I think that Mick at this time has woken up and will, not to interrupt this conversation, but will interrupt this conversation and will say, What's going on over here? Luna has not come back to camp and Brynir could not find her. Do you think that something's wrong? It's hard to say. It could go either way with her. My personal opinion is that if we're not going to try to contact her, we're better off waiting at least until dawn. Give her longer where we stay put, should she try to come back, and then at least our efforts will be exponentially faster with some light. She is also more than capable of handling herself. I have no doubt of that. But all the same, we do not know everything about the world as it currently stands. I'll cast sending. <laughs> Sorry, Yakuda. <laughs> He'll just say, Where are you? Are you safe? Are you coming back to camp? Do you need help? As you send this, Val, you will take 34 points of psychic damage. Ah, that's a lot. That's a minor wound. Psychic, so... Does my brain get hurt? <laughs> no, no. I've, like in the past, we've only done wounds with like physical damage. Okay, but you do probably double over if nothing else. Oh, absolutely. And what what insight do I glean from this experience exactly? Zero insight. It hurts. That's yeah. what you glean. This is not good. No, no, it is not. And the shadows, kind of at the edge of this glade, seem to almost materialize as once again you are surrounded by black clad figures 
and one of which speaks, saying, Rolandier and Brynier meek, mark Valmes Sulisel, and Duna Ra. Names carry power, you know. Almost as much power as blood. Had we known exactly who you were when we stumbled upon you earlier, things may have gone quite differently. But you have had the chance to prove your mettle to our lord, and we have gained new direction from him. Be assured, your... uh, What is she? The godless, your pet, is nice and safe with us and our lord. But you all... We'll have to come with us as well. An audience is in order. Perhaps it will go in your favor. Perhaps not. I would surely like to test my metal against the ones who dispatch those bandits oh so easily. And what would you have us do? Simple, darling. Simple. Sleep. And Quelshalas is going to cast sleep on. Well, all of you, actually. What's everyone's, like, total HP? I think Brynir's the only one above 189, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone else, sitting, standing, what have you, your eyelids grow heavy as they flutter and close, and you drift off into an ethereal sleep. Brynir, still awake, Koshalas just kind of cocks his head at you and says, Ah, a troublesome one will you be. Very well, if that will not work. Will you submit quietly, or do we have to get forceful with you? I can walk with you. Maybe carry one of my companions? No, no, my dear boy. We'd much prefer to carry you. So I'll ask you one more time and speak plainly and clearly. One word answer, please. You are capable of that, yes? I hear Demlex can sometimes speak. Will you come quietly or no? Sure. That's a good dog. He takes a step over and takes this set of manacles from his satchel and starts to move toward you to bind you with them. You're gonna let him? Yeah. I mean. Then with no resistance, Brynir will be shackled, and you watch as more and more sanguine, many more than you encountered back at the tree, emerge from the shadows and pick up your fallen companions, bind them, gag them, throw them over their shoulders, and then move off into the woods and the dark, leaving only you, the fire, and a couple others, among them Quelchalas. And he says, come, come, now. We haven't much time. Wouldn't you like to see the end of the world? 